Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning into Full Power, where we lead men in ardently pursuing a loving God and help every man to live every day to the full in Christ Jesus. And uh, so thankful and blessed to have my new friend, Corey, on the show today. He's going to be sharing his Jesus story and everything that uh, God has done in his life and his world. So uh, very significant, very powerful. You want to stick around. Don't miss it. We'll be right back. All right, all right, Corey. What's up, man? Hey, how you doing, man? I'm good. You know I'm good. We just had a workout, man. Absolutely, <laughs> we did. It was back day. Yes, it was. It was back day, and you did a PR three sixty five. Yeah, yeah, that, that was, was a good, good pull, man. That was a great pull. And then you were you were pretty much repping it out at three fifteen. Yeah, and you weigh one hundred and seventy five pounds. Look at that guy. Look at that guy pulling over almost over two hundred pounds over your body weight. That's massive. That's awesome. Well, cool, man. Well, I had fun working out. Now I'm um, excited and going to have fun doing a podcast. But uh, yeah, let me do a quick community update. Let everybody know what's going on. So guys, uh, when you're listening to this, we have already actually launched the Hendersonville men's group. Um, going to try to coerce Corey into being there. So he's going to uh, try to find time in his busy schedule to be part of it, hopefully. And uh, it's going to be Thursdays around lunchtime. And uh, hopefully that's a good fit for everybody. Um, if that's not a good fit time-wise, um, please reach out, connect at wearefullpower.org. That's our email address. Again, that's connect at wearefullpower.org. And uh, what we'll do is kind of try to get an idea of maybe some other group times that we can launch. Um, there literally just came an opportunity for maybe a breakfast group. So if that's something you guys are interested in, let me know. Um, and we're also kicking around the idea of doing like a live uh, streaming um, group as well. Um, that way, you know, it doesn't really matter, you know, what time zone you're in, where you're at. We can still connect and, and have a good time. So anyway, that stuff's coming down the pike. Um, Brandon's going to be leading the first small group. So check that out. Super cool. Um, excited about that. Still got um, possibly some books in the works. Um and uh, curriculum for small groups coming up. So uh, if you're interested in leading your own small group, we want to resource you and get behind you in that. And we're also looking at offering um, coaching, uh, kind of the one-on-one -on -one conversation um, where we can come alongside you and journey through the challenges as well as the good stuff. Um, and I, I just want to, in, in an aside, I just want to say, you know, it, I think we miss so often celebrating the good stuff. Yeah. Don't we? We do. I think we do, man. And and I'm I'm as guilty as anybody on it. You know, I'll I'll be going through my day and be like, oh man, that was a bummer. Oh man, that was that was the worst. And then I'm like, yeah, but man, I just I just had a great workout. I've got a good new friend, and you know, my kids are sick, but they're on the way out of sickness, so that's a praise. You know, right. good it's easy, stuff. It's easy to get caught up in the bad stuff. Absolutely, sure. man. Absolutely. So. Anyway, guys, uh, don't get caught up in the bad stuff and uh, stay tuned for more stuff. But if you do need, you know, want to have that one-on-one -on -one chat for the good stuff and the bad stuff, uh, go on the website, wearefullpower.org. It's all right there. You can click on the one-on-one -on -one link. Um, and we're looking to expand that and offer more uh, support, more coaching um, in the weeks to come. So check that out. Stay tuned. And uh, really, that's all I got because I've been talking way too long. So <laughs> anyway. Hey, man, I tell you what, Corey, you mind uh, praying us in? Sure. Not Thanks. at all, man. Thanks, brother. Dear Jesus, thank you for this opportunity to be here. Thank you for my new friend that I found. And uh, just pray that you open our hearts, open our minds, and help for us to uh, 
relay and share what we need to share to uh, help lead others. In Jesus' name, amen. That's good. Amen. Amen. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. So um, <clears throat> I'm sure everybody on the show is like completely tired of, of, of all my stories. I'm like, oh, I've got this, I've got this new friend I met at the gym. They're like, ah, it's, is that all you do is go to the gym? <laughs> like, well, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, so I, te- in in your words, why don't you share how we met? Because I yeah. thought that that was like a completely a God God story, God orchestrated thing. I was I was all about it. So yeah, for sure. No, tell- it uh, we uh, so to those who are watching and listening, we uh, we work out at the same gym at Alpha Fitness, and we just kind of crossed paths a few times at the gym, and I felt like I knew who you, who you were, yeah. and and it just kept nagging me. I was like, I, I know this guy, but I can't place him. I know this guy, but I can't place him. And finally, one day, I was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna go ask him. Yeah. And uh, so I just went and introduced myself. So like, how do I know you? And yeah. it turns out we don't know each yeah. other. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's it's like you said, it was a God thing because you know I love I love sharing my story and and the situation that I found myself in and and you know you told me that you do podcasts and it was like yeah. you know totally a God thing. So I'm yeah, glad, glad I, it worked out. And I agree, man. I, I, I really, I can't underscore that enough, you know, and, and I think that's important to share with, you know, with, with the guys listening and tuning in that when you're walking through life and you're intentional and you're being spirit led, I mean, that was the Holy Spirit. There's, there's no other way, you know, something in both of us, the Holy Spirit in both of us was like, we kind of know each other, but because as soon as you said that, I'm like, I know you from somewhere. And I'm like, but I don't, right. you know, we ran like, well, do we go to the same church? No. Well, have we worked out the same place for a long time? No. You know, well, did we go to school or kind right. of in the same school sphere? No, not really. Did we live on the same side of town? Not really. Right. You know, it's like, so at the end of the day, it's, it's the Holy spirit just, uh, you know, prompting you. And, and I really appreciate you being obedient yeah. and speaking yeah. up and, you know, in a gym setting, we've kind of talked about it before. It's kind of cool where you, you kind of have that you know, band of brothers kind of mentality anyway. So it's a little less barrier to walk up to somebody you don't know, right. but even still you're, you got to get out of your comfort zone a little bit. So definitely. So that was awesome, man. I appreciate you doing that, yeah. but they don't, they don't want to hear all about you and me and, right. and our gym ratness. So right. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's, uh, let's kind of get into the meat and potatoes of it. So um, tell, tell me a little bit about, tell me a little bit about childhood. Cause uh, you've you've got some family lineage in the area with the orchard and everything. Right. So mm-hmm. tell me tell me about growing up, and then you know, most importantly, tell me when Jesus entered the scene for you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I, I grew up Methodist. Um, you know, grew up going to a Methodist church, Eddyville Methodist Church, to be exact. Um, and you know, throughout childhood, uh, it's a smaller church, doesn't have a whole lot of funding, don't have a whole lot of opportunities. So really, Sunday service was the only exposure to church that I had grown up. Um, it wasn't until probably middle school that a new pastor came in to the, to the church there and he started a confirmation class. Hmm. And in that confirmation class, you really kind of dove into the Bible more, kind of learned, uh, a little bit more about the faith that you, you know, you have. And, and that's really when it kind of started, uh, I guess my interest in, in Jesus really started because I, I, I kind of was able to understand it more. Yeah. Um, and so I did the confirmation class in middle school, um, was saved in middle school. Um, and in the Methodist church, they sprinkle you. Mm-hmm. Um, so middle school, high school, uh, just through life events and certain things like that kind of fell out of church. Um, 
through college. Uh, didn't really have a whole lot of attendance in church. Uh, me and my Did wife. Did you still kind of cling to your faith, though? Is it is it kind of like a to a degree? Yeah. Uh, but I never really had uh, a strong faith. Yeah. You know, I learned about it. I was there. I was saved. But you know, I never really felt like I had that one on one relationship with Jesus yeah. at that point in my life. And that didn't come till much later in life. You know, my my relationship with Jesus really didn't come to fruition uh, solid until probably. Uh, really right right after me and my wife got married yeah. um you know it was it was really important uh to her to for us to find a church that we both enjoy and that we can grow in so we started searching and um you know it was kind of ironic my my brother-in-law um recommended a pastor locally in Hendersonville mm-hmm. to do our premarital counseling because we wanted our our marriage to be based on a Strong yeah. faith. And, and and can can I jump in there, too, because yeah. I think it's so key. Um, I'd encourage any guys listening that are single and journeying through, like, the engagement to do pre-marriage counseling um, because, I mean, you find out so much about yourself and about your spouse or your spouse-to-be, and I think it's so key to go through that and kind of have that rawness before each other but also before God. Definitely. Before marriage because, man, you – you can really get to a point where you're able to come together in harmony rather than, you know, all the, all the, there's, there's enough bumps and confusion right. and difficulty <laughs> along the way. This just helps iron some of that out on the front end. So exactly. sorry, sorry to make that plug, but I, I just really felt that that was something to drive home. So I'm glad. So you guys did pre-marriage counseling. Yep. So uh, the, the pastor that uh, my brother-in-law recommended us to, he, he was the student ministry pastor, um, whenever he was in high school, which was several years ago. And now he's the lead pastor at Living Water Church. And so we started doing our premarital counseling through him. We didn't know him, didn't know the church, didn't know anything about it. But we we just formed a connection with him during our premarital counseling. We figured, well, we'll just go try this church out. And ended up loving the church and have been there since. But, um, you know, that's that's really when my relationship with Jesus really kind of took off. Um, And just growing in, in that church um just really pushed me closer to god and and I'm, I'm thankful that i did but like i said my my relationship didn't really start until probably my lower 20s is whenever yeah. i really started actually having a relationship yeah. instead of just okay i gotta go to church on sunday yeah it this was it was more than just like the label you were a christian label exactly i yeah. was i was yeah. just a christian label until probably my early 20s and that's whenever I, I really started seeing that there was more to it than just a label yeah that's good man um, and let, let me ask you this. You, you mentioned specifically, cause this is my story too. So it kind of jumped out at me. You mentioned specifically then the Methodist church that you're sprinkled. So my background is when I was first baptized, I was sprinkled as well. And, um, tell me, um, have you gone through mm-hmm. with immersion later yes, on? Okay. So that's, that's my story too. So, um, for me, I actually had to kind of struggle with God for a while because, um, a lot of what I was self-talking, telling myself was, well, if you go and be immersed, then that like negates your original baptism. And what God brought me to was, it doesn't negate. This is a outward expression of an inward life change with your new family of believers. And so it was something that I had to get over. And tell me a little bit about, was that kind of your experience or did you kind of how how did that unfold for it, you? It wasn't a way, but you know, going back to like I said before, I, I I felt like that outward expression was also to express that 
I, I truly have a relationship with Jesus now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and not to say that I, that, you know, when I was sprinkled at a younger age, I understood, but I didn't have that concrete, uh, relationship with Jesus that I had later in life. So again, going back to the outward expression of the inner change, um, that's what I really felt confident in doing that because it was a, a proclamation of, yeah. you know, I've really found Jesus and this, he's in my heart and he saved me. And this is my outward expression of that. So, yeah. um, I didn't really struggle with that, uh, immersion. Uh, I, I definitely was motivated to do that because it was like a, good. a newfound thing. This is, yeah, you know, me washing my, my previous life sins away to, and coming up and starting that new journey. So it was, it was good. Yeah. Good man. And, uh, so, um, and you mentioned that it was important to your wife to, uh, you know, get the family or do you have, did you have kids kind of no, not, that not yet, not yet. So, um, it was important for you guys to get into church. So mm-hmm. what, what was kind of her faith journey to date and, you know, how, how did you step up? You know, we, we were talking at the gym about the significance of being a spiritual leader. Right. So you're just kind of starting this journey. You're, you're, you're finding this church, you're attending, and then you decide to be, uh, you know, have that outward expression through immersion baptism. Um, how are, how is your journey specifically on spiritually leading your wife at that time? How did that evolve and, and transpire? Uh, you know, I can't say that it was very good. I've never, yeah. it's never been a strong suit of mine. Uh, I, I, I don't think that it was ever exemplified to me. And yeah. I think that's why I have a, I've always struggled with it because yeah. I've never seen it, Yeah, you know, happen. Yeah. Um, I know the importance of it, especially now I understand the importance of it. Um, but at, at a younger age, I just didn't have that, uh, that background to really understand and, and do it because yeah. I've never seen it. Um, so it was actually the opposite, I think. I think she really was the spiritual leader in our relationship mm-hmm. um, and always pushed me to be better and do better. That's good. Um, but, you know, her her faith story was similar to mine. Uh, grew up uh, here in Fletcher, mm-hmm. went to Fletcher Baptist, Fletcher First Baptist, uh, kind of similar situation where, you know, grew up in church, went religiously, mm-hmm. kind of just fell off, um, never really had that one-on-one connection and Hers didn't start until she went to college. She went to Clemson, mm-hmm. and she started attending New Spring Church down there yeah. um, and and really just fell in love with those guys and really established that connection to Jesus later in life as well. So she was fresh into her faith and, and, and relationship with Jesus uh, after she graduated, which was whenever we got married. So mm-hmm. both of us were kind of – she was actually probably further along in her faith than I was because, you know, even at that point when we got engaged and got married – I still haven't found a church. I mean, it would been, had been years since I had really been in church consistently and, and still at that point had not found my relationship with Jesus to be strong. So she really kind of pushed me in that sense. Yeah, that's good, man. I, I, th- I think two things that you shared were, were really key. Um, one, um, the significance of our spouse in undergirding and supporting us and really spurring us on to be the men that God's calling us to be. You know, so so many times, you know, I think we just kind of discount that, take it for granted and, uh, you know, praise God for the, the strong, powerful spiritual women in our lives. And, uh, and then the other thing is, um, my, my story is similar to yours that, uh, um, you know, I grew up in a Christian home, you know, my mom and my dad are, are Christians and, uh, um, you know, where, where I liken myself to your story is, I didn't really have it role modeled. You know, my dad, 
Um, absolutely, you know, love the man and uh, going to see him in heaven. No worries. But, um, you know, there wasn't uh, stepping out of that as far as walking it out in day to day. Um, you know, uh, so to that end, I've had to, um, through the support and everything of, of community men around me and, you know, peers and stuff like that. And my own journey into scripture and time with God and everything, I've had to, you know, kind of re-engineer the wheel on my own of what is biblical manhood and what does it look like to, you know, we, we talked about at the gym, you know, uh, the idea of, uh, guarding and guiding your family, you know, you guard them, you protect them. So you're the spiritual leader. You're making sure you've got prayer coverage over them. Um, you're physically there for them. Like we were talking, you're preparing meals and you're doing laundry, you know, all these different things. And then you're also guiding, you're making sure that, you know, um, we talked about this at the gym too. It was, it was a great, great time together. Um, that, uh, when you have so much on your plate from a, um, standpoint of this is what I do to provide, like this is my job. This is my other job. This is what I do to, to bring home the bacon. By the time you get home, you've got, you know, you're depleted. Your, your family's basically getting the scraps and the leftovers. You don't have any energy. You don't have anything left. And, uh, I think it's so key to be able to move into that guiding uh, mindset where you do have the energy to come home and say, okay, I'm not just going to veg out in front of the TV. We're going to have a little bit of a Bible study. You know, it doesn't have to be the whole, a holier than thou kind of thing, but we're actually going to sit down and go through their little, you know, I've got a four year old and a two year old. So it's just a little right. picture storybook mm-hmm. Bible. And, you know, so, um, l- let me, let me, let me make a, a, a hard segue and hard transition. Cause I, this is, this is an important part of your story. So your wife isn't with us anymore. Right. So tell me a little bit about that journey and, and how Jesus has come alongside you through that. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> so back in July of last year, um, me and my wife both tested positive for COVID. Uh, she was 30 weeks pregnant with our third child. We had, at that point, we had a three-year-old and a five-year-old. Um, our girl was uh, due in in September, uh, like I said, so she was about 30 weeks pregnant whenever we both got COVID and, um, she just, for whatever reason, she, she started to digress. We both were kind of at the tail end of it, but for whatever reason, she started getting worse and, um, she got admitted to ICU admission and, um, they were trying to, trying to keep the baby in her as long as they could because of of how, how premature. uh, premature she would have been. Uh, and I, that kind of stalled out a lot of the treatment options for her COVID situation. So and they finally made the determination that they were going to do a C-section and deliver the baby. And they uh, were going to immediately put her, my wife on the ventilator. So they did the emergency C-section. And prior to that, uh, that was the last time I was able to talk to her because she was placed on the ventilator uh, right after the C-section and, and never woke up and, eventually passed away from heart failure uh, while on the ventilator. So she never was able to meet her daughter. Um, but she, our daughter uh, also tested positive for COVID immediately after being born. And she was in the NICU for about five weeks. Um, all the while I was at home with her. 
you know, at that point they had just turned my, my youngest son had just turned four. He actually turned four the day before my wife passed away. And then my oldest son, he turned six in September after that. So, you know, they were four and six years old. Yeah. They were both home and trying to navigate going up to the NICU admission and supporting my, my boys and helping them to understand as much as a four year old and six year old can the situation and, you know, going through the situation myself. Yeah. So it was a, it was a huge, huge burden, huge. I mean, burden's an understatement, but just a huge shock. Uh, uh, So that's, that's where, where I was this past summer. So what, What has Jesus given you to allow you to continue on? Oh, that's a that's definitely a broad question. Um, but you know, in in so many ways, uh, he he's just provided. Uh, you know, I, I previously done a another podcast, and and he asked me a similar question, and and it's it's a a lot of times whenever whenever you have Jesus in your heart, whenever you reach certain points in your life, uh, Jesus provides a peace that um, passes understanding. Yeah. And, and, and he definitely provided me with that initially whenever this first happened. Um, you know, and, I, and as I explained to him, you know, that doesn't mean that there wasn't a lot of those raw emotions that are associated with grief because they were all there. But, um, you know, he, he would provide a, a peace that passes understanding um, when things would get very hard and difficult yeah. he would provide that piece but um you know as i've said many times before um if anything i, I don't want my wife's de- uh, death to be in vain yeah. and any any anything positive anything that any good that can possibly come from that uh i, I want to share because i want this to be not be in vain and if if her situation and my situation can potentially bring someone closer to Jesus, then I know that her situation and her death would not be in vain. Yeah. And I know that she would say the same thing if she was here. Yeah. So, um, world's completely different for you. Um, tell me, tell me a little bit about, um, this new role you've been thrust into. Cause I'm, I'm sure there's, uh, um, you know, single dads that are tuning in and, uh, you guys have a unique set of challenges and, and everything that, you know, those of us who are still blessed with our spouse, you know, we don't have to navigate and we don't even have to think about like you and I were talking about all of a sudden you're, you know, lunch patrol, supper patrol, <laughs> and, you know, trying to navigate right. all that. So tell, tell me, tell me a little bit about, uh, this new role as single dad and, and how, how Jesus is kind of propping you up throughout, man. Definitely. Um, you know, like I said in our conversation at the gym, um, you know, I've never been a very schedule oriented person. Um, you know, I've, I've always been motivated, uh, in, in my role of providing. Um, and that was my focus was providing for my family. And I was able to do that because I knew that my wife was at home to be able to take care of the kids, to get them fed, to prepare dinner, to make sure that they get here and there and everywhere else for their doctor's appointments and, and everything else. So, you know, she was a great home wife and great mother. 
and and I relied on that to be able to do what I needed to do uh, or felt like what I needed to do at the time. Um, so not having that uh, experience of really having to be the home wife and be yeah. the mother, yeah. um, it was a huge transition for me yeah. uh, because I'm so ingrained in my brain that I have to provide, I have to provide, I have to provide. And, and I got so caught up in that that, you know, I didn't know what all she was doing at home. And, and it's very easy to take for granted what, what your, your wife does as a mother and as a housewife. And, um, whenever that's not there anymore, it's a huge shock. And, and uh, you know, something as simple as laundry, something yeah. as simple as going to the grocery store and figuring out, like, I didn't even know how to navigate through Ingles to figure out <laughs> what I needed to make certain meals. Yeah. And I still don't, yep. you know, um, you know, and it's, there's just there's just so many things that you take for granted that that were shown to me after after she passed away and you know it's god still provides that that ability though yeah you know? um it's easy to focus on the fears of the unknown and and what you know what's to come and what the future holds and yeah. all the challenges that I'm going to face as a single father of 3 um and and it's very discouraging if you let it, your mind go down that avenue, um, but you just have to take each day at a time and know that God is going to, going to provide in those times uh, yeah. because He has proven Himself to do that for me. And and again, this you know this isn't like was like I've said before. This isn't like smoke and mirrors. You know, I've heard many times in my life that God provides, and you know I've seen it here and there, uh, but up until now I didn't really fully understand what God providing meant. Yeah. And, um, and it just, I just encourage people to really find that relationship with God and, and really dive into God and, and trust him and he will provide. Yeah. That's good, man. Um, and, uh, so I, I know from our conversation previously that something that's, you know, really been on your heart is that, um, having that balance, if that's the right word, but I guess the right prioritization of being able to have fuel in the tank left over for the family and stuff like that. And so speak to that a little bit now that, now that you're effectively having to cover all the bases, you know, you've, you, you provide, you nurture, you protect, um, you're the spiritual leader. Um, you know, you're, you're physically, um, having to make sure that meals are on time, you know, getting the, the kids where they need to go as far as their extracurriculars, um, all that different stuff. Um, how, how, what has God shown you as far as, you know, like you said, you weren't really a scheduled person before, but obviously some of that is coming into play now, but how, how, what do you say to the guy that, especially the single dad out there, that's, they just feel like they're drowning in it, man. It feels overwhelming. What do you say to that guy? I'm right there with you. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I definitely have, have those days and times where I feel like I'm drowning. Uh, you know, you have no clothes for the kids to wear because they're all piled up in the laundry room because you didn't put them in the washer, you know, nothing to eat because you didn't go to the grocery store. Um, you know, just like today, I, you know, I, I have one son is at kindergarten at Eddieville Elementary. The other two are all the way across town at daycare at East Fly Rock Baptist. So, you know, trying to get them, here and then i got to pick my oldest son up by 3 30 or yep. really three 
And then the other two can stay a little bit later, but you know, while I'm out, I might as well get them and trying to get them to baseball. So I, you know, I'm, I'm there constantly feeling like I'm drowning. Yeah. Um, but obviously it takes planning. Yeah. Obviously it takes, uh, you know, okay, I'm going to go to the grocery store on this day. I'm going to get the stuff to make, you know, meals and try to make a big enough meal where you can save leftovers and try to offset your leftovers. We're not having the same thing all the time yeah. and all those things I've, I've had to learn. But, um, kind of like we said at the beginning of the thing, you know, um, focusing on the positives in your life mm-hmm. because it's so easy to focus on what responsibilities we have and what yeah. we don't have anymore and the heartache we have from, you know, whatever situation we're in. Um, and what's really helped me is, is focusing on what God has blessed me with. Yeah. And, um, you know, just trying control of your mindset is huge. Yeah. Um, because if you let your mind go down the wrong avenues, it's like we were talking about, you know, Satan takes every opportunity that he can to root himself in a situation. And a lot of times whenever we feel overwhelmed, that makes our soil very fertile for, uh, for Satan to plant his seed. Yeah. And he sees that. So in those times where we feel overwhelmed, we feel like we're drowning. We feel like it's never going to end. We're, we're overcome with anxiety of what the future holds and all these things. That's when, Satan really is going to attack you yeah. and really plant those seeds of doubt. Yeah. And, and it just, we, you really have to capture those thoughts and you really have to, uh, really just refine your thinking and, and go back to the positives in your life, what God's doing with your life opportunities where you can use this for good yeah. and, and, and just having a plan yeah. is, is huge. And, uh, so what's kind of coming to mind is I know you're kind of part of, uh, three communities that I know about just in a little bit. I know you, your, your family, your church, and then law enforcement. Mm-hmm. So, um, I imagine that, uh, you've had a rallying of support from all three of those communities. T- talk to me a little bit about, um, the importance of having that community uh, in your world. Uh, community's huge, um, you know, I, I think that uh, we all go through certain situations in our life and kind of going back to how, how remembering how you can use situations, you know, I, I always have to remember that God is sovereign. God doesn't make mistakes and that um, God allows things to happen in our life for a greater good that we may not understand right now. Yeah. Uh, but we also can use those situations to help others. Yeah. Um, and you may go through something in your life that you feel like is going to destroy you. But if you can take that situation and the things you learn from that situation, and you may be able to share it with someone else and that be the key that unlocks their chains of grief or despair or anxiety or addiction or, you know, whatever it is, you may be holding the key by your experience that God has allowed to happen in your life. And, and that goes back to the whole community thing. You know, if you allow, people in your life that have been through similar situations um, or even if it's not a similar situation, but things that they learned are relevant to your situation. Yeah. Um, that's huge. Um, so just always allowing that door to stay open, yeah. but there's also times, you know, there's also times whenever you're in a grief period where you just don't really want to be around people. Yeah. But not allowing that door to stay shut. Right. You know, there's times yeah. to shut the door and be alone and work through your grief, but there's also times to open the door and yeah. allow people that God has placed in your life to come in and, and speak to you and encourage you and, 
and build you up and 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 vice versa. Yeah. You know, they're they're that's the thing that I've learned in this is a lot of times people are trying to come to you for help to help you. Yeah. But inadvertently you help them. Yeah. And and that encourages me, uh, again, you know, because if I can allow any good to come from this situation now or twenty five years from now, then I then I know that this isn't in vain and this is not for you know yeah. it has has purpose to it. Yeah. Um so tell me a little bit about and, and maybe you haven't even fleshed this out in your mind yet, but I know from our conversations that, you know, your heart is for others who are journeying through hardship and, and difficulty. And uh what 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 do you think that ultimately looks like for you? I mean, I know you've got a lot on your plate right now, but you know, doing the podcast is—is mm-hmm. is there maybe a next step there? You know, we've talked about like, um, you know, coming alongside people and having yeah. like grief coaching and mm-hmm. stuff like that. What what's kind of God been putting on your heart in regard to possible next steps for that for you? Nothing really specific has has really popped out yet. Um, I just know that I want to do something. Yeah. Um, you know, I've always felt that tug on my heart into ministry. Yeah. I've always, like I said today at the gym, I've always suppressed that calling. You yeah. know, I've always, and again, I think a lot of that is Satan because he sees that opportunity and he's like, nah, he's going to cast all those doubts. He's yeah. like, nah, you're not knowledgeable enough. You know, yeah. you don't have enough <clears throat> life experience to do that or yep. whatever. And <clears throat> I've allowed those, that calling to really be suppressed. And specifically, I don't know what, what the next step is. I just, I just want to share and help and, yeah. um, and you know, I just I got to walk through that, and I got to yeah. walk through what that next step looks like, and yeah. I, I have no idea. Yeah. Um, but you know, not allowing Satan to cast any more doubts in that. Yeah. Listen to that calling and and move forward with it. That's good, man. And I think that's you know that's that's really the key is whenever you're in a position. I, I think um, I'm going to try not to push into this, but Donald Miller Miller, who's a writer and a podcaster, and a business coach and stuff like that. He talks about, it. he says that um, you can be the hero of your story, meaning your life. You can be the victim. Um, you can be the villain um, where you like self-sabotage or you can transition to the guide. And I think specifically in this, you know, aspect of your life, God has transitioned you from the hero where you've kind of journeyed through it to now you're the guide. You know, now you're here to come alongside other heroes as they journey through their story mm-hmm. and come alongside them. And, uh, you know, one of the key things is when you have that like glimmer of, mm-hmm. okay, God's calling me to, in some capacity, reach people uh, in, in this specific um, journey that people are going through, or this specific uh, challenge or whatever the key is to not rush it, to wait. And I've learned that the hard way so many times that we have to just wait on the Lord for that clarity. You know, it says the Bible's a light into our path. So that's the idea of, you know, like a little flashlight. It's the next step. It's not, it's not a lighthouse. that's just like giving us this big, huge, uh, ultra clear path of exactly what we have to do. So I just encourage you and every, everybody else that's tuning in, that's kind of in that place. Don't rush the waiting period, you know, press into the waiting period because that can be some of the richest time 
uh, that you can have with God because that's when he's chiseling away at you. That's when he's refining you, working on you, and planting those little seeds so that they sprout up, and then you, you're like, oh, that's what I was supposed to do, you know? Um, and uh, um, I don't know, uh, on, on like a, maybe a fun a side note, I think you and I need to uh, challenge each other to both go to Fruitland maybe. And, <laughs> you know, I think, I think it'd be good for us regardless of what God ultimately does in our lives, but you know, being able to have that, uh, that theological background and everything. Right. And especially what you say, it's like one, one mile yeah, from your house like one mile, and you have no excuse. <laughs> See, it's, it's like at least a few miles from my house. So right. at least I can say I'm too fat and tired <laughs> to make it. But yeah. So, um, yeah, man, well, it's good stuff. Um, and I'm very thankful that, uh, you know, you're, you're allowing God to, transition you from that hero to the guide where you're able to not keep your story and your wife's story locked away, but you're able to share it uh, for God's kingdom, for his right. glory, for his magnification, and, and also for the good of other people. And I'm, I'm so thankful that that's, that's where you've allowed God to bring your heart with it. Um, yeah, and, and I've definitely felt myself in each of those positions that you, yeah. you listed, yeah. uh, for sure. Uh, the villain, the victim, yeah. the hero, the guide, I've, I've felt myself and in, in been each of those things. Yeah. Um, but like you said, just focusing on that light and where God's taking you is important and not to lose sight of. And, and one thing that popped in my head where you were talking about that is, you know, one thing that my wife used to always tell me, uh, because I would, I would get discouraged a lot whenever things wouldn't go necessarily the way that I, I wanted them to go, or, you know, I would be going in a certain direction and then I, it would just, you know, feel like there's just doors closing here and there and everywhere else. And, you know, a lot of times I would, I would find myself just frustrated and, and mad and everything else. But one thing that she would always say is that some things in life you can't control, but what you can always control is your perspective. And, and I've, I've constantly reminded myself of that. And in my situation over the last eight, nine months is that, you know, this situation is terrible and this situation is bad and this situation is sad, Yeah. but I can, I have the option to always change my perspective. Yeah. And though that doesn't take away the fact that I've lost my wife and I've, I've I'm, you know, my, my world was completely shifted upside down. Yeah. I still have the ability through God to change my perspective yeah. and, and find the positives and find the blessings that I still have and, and use the situation as ammunition for God's kingdom. Yeah, that's good, man. And, and I think something else that's important for guys to hear, especially um, people who are kind of maybe outside the faith, faith they're not believers um, yet. Um, it's important for, for people to hear that whenever you give your life over to Christ, it's not always going to be, fields of lilies and flowers and rainbows. Um, That doesn't mean it's going to be the opposite where it's just complete devastation all the time either. Um, I think it's important for people to hear that we live in a fallen world where things happen to good people, to not good people. Things happen. And that's no reflection on the sovereign creator of all of it 
he wanted us to be in the Garden of Eden and prosper and live and multiply and just have a grand old time. And uh, we kind of jacked that up, so that's on us. But, uh, you know, it's important for non-believers to not get this rose-colored glasses idea of, yeah, accept Jesus, so now everything's going to go my way. I'm going to be a gazillionaire, and <laughs> I'm never going to have another ounce of suffering that, that for any any t- moment in the rest of my life. And, uh, um, you know, it says we take up our cross and, and follow him daily. And, you know, that's not an easy task. That's, that's a challenging task. And, um, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not naive. I'm sure there's, there's guys that are going to be listening and watching this that aren't, aren't in the faith. Mm -hmm. They don't, they don't profess the name of Christ. So I would just, uh, you know, speak to those guys and say, um, open your mind. Don't, don't close your mind. Um, the Bible says that uh, we aren't to be conformed to the ways of the world, but to be uh, transformed by the renewing of our mind. And that's, that's a verse that just keeps coming up in my quiet time as I, as I journey with God. And I think for the non-believer, that's so important because you can get to the point where you're just shut off and you're saying, okay, you know, um, for X, Y, Z reason, I'm not going to, I'm not going to listen to anything that has to do with Jesus. I'm not going to listen to anything that has to do with Christianity. Um, And I would just encourage you to, again, open your mind, be willing to, to listen to God tugging at your heartstrings and uh, realize that uh, he loves you. He's made a way for you. And uh, that doesn't make, uh, that doesn't make your journey super easy for the rest of your life. Um, but it makes it worthwhile, right? Makes it worthwhile and good. So let me, let me ask you this, man. Um, what is, I mean, you, you've, you've lived a lifetime, uh, in, in your few years already. And, uh, what in, in your life so far would you say is, um, just a key nugget of wisdom that the guys tuning in today, that if you could share one thing with them that would just, you know, benefit and bless them, what, what would that key nugget of wisdom be? man? That's a, that's a tough one. I'm trying to search my mind really quick, trying to think about those <laughs> significant uh, nugget of, of knowledge or information that has really helped me. Um, you know, the, I keep going back to the whole perspective thing. Yeah. You, know, you always have control over your perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, you always have control over your attitude. Yeah. Uh, but something deeper than that, you know, uh, uh, you know, I, like I said, I didn't find my relationship with Jesus until later in life. Um, and, and, and then finding that later in life, I was kind of able to understand it yeah. uh, better than if, you know, I was a young child trying to understand it, but, I was always told and read and learned that God provides when you need it the most. And I've just never really understood that until now when I've been at uh, a a desperate point in my life. And there's been times where I've been at that desperate point, you know, over the last nine months um, where I just, I don't feel like I can keep going. I don't feel like I'm going to make it through this. I'm, 
discouraged by the future. I'm scared of the future. Yeah. And I've just been at my wits end where I'm just calling out to God. Like, why am I in this situation? Why am I here? Why, why, why me? Yeah. And like I said, at the beginning of this and those times where I've reached that point, God has blessed me with, um, a piece that passes understanding because it does not make sense how when those emotions are so raw and those so strong that God can immediately cease that and yeah. calm, calm those feelings and reassure you that you, you're, that he's in control and that he's got this in his, in his hands. And, and, and I guess I would just encourage those guys that have, that have never had that relationship with Jesus that, you know, I can't be any more real. Yeah. I can't be any more genuine and that there's not smoke and mirrors in this situation that, you know, I've been at my lowest point in my life when I lost my wife and uh, God was there. Yeah. And it's it's real. He's real. And he provides what you need. And that's as clear and, and blunt as I can be because, uh, you know, like I said, growing up and, and even early in my faith, that's just a foreign thing to understand because I lived a, a blessed, fortunate life where I didn't really have the, those those hits that took me down to where I've been over the last nine months and never really needed God like I've needed him over the last nine months. Um, but when life takes you down that road and you reach that point, I don't know what I would do if I, if I didn't have Jesus in my heart. And I didn't have him there to pull me back up. Yeah. Um, so I would just, I guess I would just like for that to be an example to what they can obtain by having a relationship with Jesus. That's good, man. I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, something that came to my mind too is uh, uh, the 23rd Psalm. You know, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of evil, I will fear no, I will fear, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, you comfort me prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And this is, this is what just came to my mind. My cup runneth over. And you, you were saying that, you know, God provides Mm -hmm. when we're at our, at our deepest needs. And not only does he provide, but our cup runs over. He fills it up so much. He blesses us so much that we just can't, you know, if we, if we allow him to, ministered our heart, ministered our hurt, ministered our healing. If we allow that, he's just going to make our cup run over. And, uh, you know, I think, I think that's a beautiful picture. So, um, man, thank you so much for, for being on the show. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, pray us out if that's okay. Absolutely. Heavenly father, thank you so much time. Thank you so much for this time with Corey. Um, just, uh, lift him up to you, lift his uh, kids up to you, lift his family up to you. Um, we just ask that uh, you continue to be with them, um, that you surround them. Um, we just ask that you continue to instruct and lead Corey. Um, he's he's uh, uh, got this ultra-steep learning curve, Lord, of, of learning all the aspects of uh, guiding and guarding his family. And uh, we just ask that... Uh, um, you show him step by step what you would have him to do, um, that you would continue to watch over us all, um, continue to bless us. Uh, we thank you for your son, Jesus, and uh, just are so thankful uh, for, for the way that you made for us to spend eternity with you. And um, just uh, 
are in awe of how you provide and how you love us, uh, how you go before us and, and prepare our way. And we just ask that uh, you give us the strength and the clarity and the wisdom to walk in that way and to not uh, turn to the right or to the left, Lord, but to follow after you. Uh, we pray against Satan and uh, his uh, spiritual powers. We uh, uh, claim the mighty name of Jesus Christ against all demonic uh, possession and oppression, Lord. We just uh, um, won't allow it because you give us the power to withstand it. So we just ask that uh, you continue to um, keep us near to you. Uh, don't let us uh, stray stray away from from your flock. You are our loving shepherd, and we just uh, trust you and love you. In Christ's name, amen. All right, man. So, um, yeah, anything else I missed that uh, you feel like we should chat about or share? No, I think we kind of covered it. Pretty There's, much exhausted we it. Well, sit here and talk for hours. But, I, I know, man. You know, I think we kind of touched on a lot of the highlights. Well, I got you, man. Well, I do appreciate it. And, uh, guys, as always, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, make sure you come back next week uh, for for another testimony and uh, a story of, that glorifies Jesus. And we just uh, um, ask that uh, if you are journeying through something where you need uh, support, you need uh, someone to talk to, someone to listen, uh, we're here for you. Please just go on the website. Again, uh, if you go up there, the tab is uh, one-on-one. Uh, it's on the main page or it's throughout. You can find it. Um, it's just got a short little form, name, email address, so we can get back in touch with you, and uh, we can connect anyway. Um, if you're local, we'd love to connect in person. Uh, if you're not, we can always do a, a video call or a voice call, whichever's better for you. So uh, anyway, um, guys, you're loved, you're sent. Get out of here, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Be good.